Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. While you're waiting to the end, if you believe God for it, why can't you shout now? Why can't you rejoice now? That it's paid off or, or that the loved one is saved, that they've been delivered, that they've been set free. Why can't we dance and rejoice now if we believe? But because we are sight believers, we're going to wait until we see it and then rejoice. Sometimes you're going to have to shout first and then the walls will fall. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Give your neighbor a high five tell him it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. All right, in John 4, John 4, verse 46, it says, So Jesus uh, came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had, rather, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went, un he went unto him and brought him rather and besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of one of death verse 48 and jesus rather then said jesus unto him except ye see signs and wonders you will not believe the nobleman saith unto him sir come down ere my son die or come down before my son die Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man did what? The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. And he went his way. Let's drop down to verse 53. When the man got home, he found his son alive and well. And verse 53 said, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed and his whole house not only the man believed in jesus now but all of his house believed in jesus believing now we're going to go just a little bit different way but we're going to stay on this flow but we're going to go just a little bit a little bit differently today believing i want you to see something believing is a condition of the will some people say well i want to believe god for this and and i want to believe god for that and some have a difficult time a tough time believing but understand something believing is a condition of your will you choose to believe something or you choose not to believe something are you with me Amen. it's your choice whether you believe it or not it is your choice it has always been your choice but God will give you evidence uh, when you choose to believe something, that means you choose to take in or receive what God is saying to your heart. Or when you choose not to believe something, you're choosing to take in other information. Let's say someone is believing God for healing of their body. Well, the doctor gives them a whole lot of information, a whole lot of test results, a whole lot of x-rays, a whole lot of facts. That's information. The person can choose to believe that. Or they can choose to believe the unseen. You can choose to believe the seen or choose to believe the unseen, the visible or the invisible. The children of Israel, as they're about to cross over into the promised land, 
oh, the information was stacked up against them. These people were a whole lot bigger than them. They had that their cities were well walled and well fortified. They were warriors and it looked like they were just so much more. Here was information, fact that was that factor information that they were facing at that moment. Visible things. But all they had was the word of an invisible God. Choose where where you're going to believe the invisible, which is everlasting. Because understand something, the visible came from the invisible. Are you hearing me? Nothing that is seen came from the seen. Everything that is seen, everything that you can touch, taste, feel, or smell came from the invisible realm. The visible came out of the womb of the invisible. Do you understand that? So which one should we trust more? The visible or the invisible we need to trust in the invisible but there are difficulties at times when we're faced with information so much information so many facts or or figures that say contrary that go contrary to what we're believing God for and when we allow that information in it causes what we know as doubt and doubt is like poison or can be poisonous to what you're believing God for right you believe in God for a financial shift uh, in your income, for things to go better for you? Well, things will go better, and you believe in God really good until you get this news. Until you see that bill in the mail, that unexpected thing. Or until the job says, well, we're going to have to lay you off. Then what happens to your belief? If we let that information in the door, it's going to come in and it's going to wreck and destroy the house. Amen. Amen. So sometimes we're going to have to make a decision to hear and not to hear. To hear what the Lord is saying and not to hear what the world is saying. That is, if you intend to abide in faith and belief in God. The Bible says very clearly that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. We are to walk by the invisible and not the visible. If you get tied up in the visible about what you can see, taste, taste, touch, or smell, if you if you if your affections are tied there, you're gonna walk around doom, depressed, and all gloomy. Because the enemy will try his best to paint a picture and give you all the information of ways or reasons why you should not believe God. We're trying to believe God for deliverance of our family, of our husbands, wives, our children. And uh, we, we're at home and we're believing God. We're praying and we pray real good that day. We just pray real good. And we just believed in our hearts that they were going to be healed and delivered until they came in the door and started acting like a fool. Right? If we allow that, what we see, to change to, for us to be uh, persuaded the opposite way, it will devastate what you've believed God for. And the Lord Jesus says on many occasions, be it unto you according to what you have believed, even according to your faith. You will have the answer of what you believe. Either way, you'll have it. Amen. So, again, you can choose to believe God or you can choose not to believe him. You can choose to trust in what he said or you can choose not to trust in what he said. And this is the part we really want to get to today because this is where the rubber actually meets the road. 
Because when we choose not to believe God, we're choosing to be stressed. Let me say that again. When you choose not to believe God in a certain area, you're choosing to be stressed. You're choosing to be worried. You're choosing to be frustrated. You're choosing to be aggravated. Every time we say, or we may not say it verbally, or, but we may have it, we may say it or display it in our actions. Every time we say, well, uh, Lord, I, I, I hear you, but the information is so overwhelming here. This information must be true. So I, right now I'm going to unbelieve what you said and give in to this information. This information says they're mad at me. This information says I'm not going to get well. This information says they're not hearing me. This information says they're not responding. They're not listening to me. I know what you've said, but this information is talking a whole lot louder. And when we choose to hear them and not him, we welcome in the front door worry, stress, chaos, confusion, doubt. Are you hearing me? And if you would allow the Lord today, he would like to relieve you of that. Because when you uh, when you decide rather not to hear what the world says, not to believe what you see, but to believe in what he said and in what he's saying, you're allowing to come in. You're allowing peace to come in and rest to come in. You're allowing joy to come in when you rely on what he has said. The three Hebrew boys, we talked about them before. I mean, here's the evidence. Fire, burning flame, furnace. People die in there. People become like crispy chicken nuggets in there when they fall down in there. Human barbecue pit, human barbecue grill. It's hot. The guards that pushed the three Hebrew boys in there, they got burned up. They were crispy McNuggets. Are you hearing me? That's evidence. That's proof. You go in fire, you get burned. But they were not focused on what they could see. They were focused on what they could not see. They told the king, look, we don't care what you say. We believe in the Lord and he will deliver us. Their focus was on the invisible. And what happened? The one that was invisible became visible and delivered them out of the situation. Isn't that wonderful? As we look even at the same case with David and Goliath, you know the story very well, the account very well. David was not focused on what he could see. Because Goliath was mighty big, what, 10 feet tall, 11 feet tall, 12 feet tall. He'd been a warrior or a soldier from his youth. His armor weighed so much it took a few men to carry. If David were focused on what he could see, he would have died in that battle. But instead, he declared, this day is the Lord going to give you to me and your, your body will lay dead in this wilderness and the birds will come and eat up your carcass. And I'm going to take your head. Big, bold words. He couldn't say those bold words as he was focusing on the thing. No, he was saying those bold words because he was focusing on the unseen. I believe you, Lord. You're here and you're going to take care of me. And because he could do that, he had peace and he had boldness. He had boldness. Are you hearing me today? Amen. So as we really look at this, and we're really going to look at this today because we really need to uh, get a grip, get a handle on what we are believing. Because when we don't believe God the proper way, 
here again, here comes stress. Here comes anxiety. Here comes worry. Here comes uh, doubt. And in a lot of a lot of places, here comes anger. And all these negative emotions coming up and they begin to surface out of you because we have not properly believed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, we can look at this and uh, actually let's go to I want to show, show you this. Let's go to the book of John, John, John 20. As we see here in John four, the Lord uh, told the father here, the man here, he said, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And a lot of us are still in that place. We have our car parked in that area. Unless we see something, we're not going to believe it. We want God to change the situation. We want God to change here again, our financial condition. But the only time some of us will shout is when we see the check. Why are you waiting to the end? If you believe God for it, why can't you shout now? Why can't you rejoice now? That it's paid off or, or that the loved one is saved, that they've been delivered, that they've been set free. Why can't we dance and rejoice now if we believe? But because we are sight believers, we're going to wait until we see it and then rejoice. Sometimes you're going to have to shout first and then the walls will fall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Paul and Silas in jail, they were in chains and they sang and they shouted to the Lord. And then the chains broke. Remember, the world says, believe me and then I'll show you. But God says, um, praise the Lord. Thank you. There it is. Thank you, Lord. The world says, show me, give me proof. And then I'll believe you. But God says the opposite, right? God says, well, you believe what I'm telling you, then I'll show it to you. The world says, show me the money. Give me proof that you are who you say you are. Show me the money. But God says, show me the faith. Show me your belief. And in doing that, we will see a tidal wave coming forth. And here again, let's look at John 20. Let's look at just a couple of verses here. I thank God that you're with me today. Because even preaching uh, is by faith. As I stand before you today, I'm believing that God is talking to you. God told Jeremiah, when you go give them a word, don't look at their faces. Don't look at their faces. Because some of their faces can be blank. Some of their faces can be mean. Some of their faces can look like, what? Some of their faces could be, huh, 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 what? Hallelujah. 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 Some of their faces can be, get on with it, please. Get on with it. Jeremiah, you've been given a specific assignment. Just go and tell him. And believe that I will cause the word to hit the mark. Praise the Lord. So even as I come up here preaching before you Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, as the Lord permits, I'm doing it by faith. Because I cannot see the words hitting the target. I cannot see. Some people may say, hallelujah, thank the Lord. Some people may be loud. Some people may be quiet. I can't tell. 
Somebody may have just stuck you with a pin and you jumped up. I have no idea. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But the fact of the matter is, it is all by faith. I'm believing God to feed you. Hallelujah. Even through your nodding and sleeping, I believe God is feeding you. Somewhere, even in your dream, I believe Jesus is entering in and you're still hearing the word of God and you're still growing. Now let's get back. John 20. Look at verse 24. This is when the Lord Jesus uh, appeared to his disciples. John 20, 24 says, uh, but uh, Thomas, of course, whose name was Didymus, uh, he was not there when Jesus came. Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I see in his hands the print of nails and put my finger into the print of nails and thrust my hand into his side. What? I will not believe. He's saying, in effect, I must have evidence first. He's saying, I'm going to save my shout until I see it. I'm going to save my rejoicing until I see it. I want to see it first. And as long as you are in that condition, life will not change. It is almost if you are daring God. God, if you are who you say you are, do this. And I'm going to stay right here and wait until you do that. Then after you do that, then I'm going to praise you. Then I'm going to worship you. Then I'm going to do. It's kind of like we're saying, God, you got the first move. But God made the first move well before you were born. He showed you his love on Calvary's cross. He showed you how much he loves you. But still some still refuse to believe. And here again, when we refuse to believe, believing is a condition of the will. When we say within ourselves, I'm not going to believe that. I will not believe this. I refuse to believe that. I know what God said, but I refuse to do this. When you do that, you are bringing in hell upon your own soul. Because everything negative will come through that door and try to attach itself to you. When we refuse, when we, when we refuse to believe in Christ but not just Christ but also in what he has said now I want you to notice something now these were all credible witnesses that told Thomas that Jesus was alive they all walked together they knew these weren't just random people off of the street Thomas knew Peter he knew Matthew he knew all the other people he walked with them for at least three years they had all been with Jesus. So Thomas refused to hear the witness of people, and he also refused to believe what Jesus said. Jesus said on numerous occasions, they're going to crucify me, but the third day I'm going to rise again. So he refused to hear the word, of the, the word out of the lips of God himself, and he refused to hear the witnesses of the people. But what he did in refusing to hear them, he wanted he chose rather to remain safe because it's a lot safer to believe in something that you can see versus what you can't see. You don't get embarrassed by the world when you when you believe in what you can see. Because that's the way the world does it. That's the way the world sees. The world walks by sight 
and not by faith, not by belief. So you don't get embarrassed. So Thomas was saying, in effect, I'm not going to put myself out there until I get proof. I'm not going to put all my eggs in God's basket until I get proof. Unless I am able to put this finger in Jesus' uh, hands, I'm not going to believe. If I can thrust this hand right here into his side, then I believe. Once I get proof, proof, things I can touch or feel, then I will believe. Well, how did Jesus respond to that? Jesus said here in verse or verse 26 says, uh, and after the... And after eight days, again, the, the, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, uh, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And he says to him, be not faithless, but believing. Here again, faith and belief can be two different things. The Lord says both terms here, so they're not exactly the same. Although sometimes they can be used interchangeably. But these are two different things. The Lord says, don't be faithless, but believe. Don't be that way, Thomas. Don't act that way, Thomas. In other words, Thomas, this is your choice. You can choose the evidence. God said, I've given you evidence. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the evidence of the unseen. Thomas, you're looking at physical things here. You're saying you didn't see me. You didn't feel me. You weren't there. I understand that. And you still chose not to believe. But I have still given you evidence. You have their words. You should have believed in that. You have my own testimony. The Lord said, I told you I would get up on the third day. You have all these invisible things that should have been enough for you. Be not faithless, Thomas, but believe. But many of us can say, well, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he rose from the dead. I, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Well, that's wonderful. The Bible even declares that the devils believe and they tremble. They know that Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says as well that the fool says in his heart, there is no God in, in, in um, Psalms 53, verse number one. So it's wonderful that you believe in God. It's wonderful that you do. But... Our life is like we would say it's like a pie. There are several slices to it. And believing that Jesus is Christ is only one slice. Do you believe him as well financially? Do you believe him from, for your relationships? There are other areas of your heart where we are not successfully believing God. Do you believe God that he will help you when you get that itch? We talked about that before. When you go swimming, when you feel like you got to have a hit, when you feel like you got to have another drink, when when there's an emptiness on the inside of you and you go after the thing that has worked for you before, the thing that has filled that void at the moment. Some of us will have a gossiping itch, a communication itch. And you got to I got to go tell somebody about this, what this news that I heard. Oh, it was so good. And you're burning up with that itch. Are you hearing me? You know, we do different things when we get uh, depressed or or when we get worried. We want to run after something. 
Instead of running after the visible, let's run after the invisible. Because running after the invisible will keep you out of trouble. Are you hearing me? So we, we believe in Jesus. That's a wonderful thing. But in other areas, we are flatly telling God, I do not believe you. I refuse to believe you. I will do my own thing. Now, here's the more pointed word. And I pray that you're still here with me today. By faith, I believe that you are. In Romans, the first chapter, Romans 1. Let's talk about some of that more pointed thing. Because, again, when we reject the word of God, we're rejecting life. We're rejecting the blessings of the Lord. We, when you reject God, you reject peace. You reject rest. You reject joy. When you have to see something first and then you believe. Or when you have to see something first and then you'll act. Understand when you do that, when you say that and, and, and feel that, you are welcoming in all sorts of negative stuff in your life. How many times have I heard people say, Pastor, as soon as my ship come in, then I will make sure I will pay my tithes and give an offering. Pastor, as soon as I get this job, Pastor, as soon as this and Pastor, as soon as that, then I will do this and that and the other. But it's kind of difficult to believe that you'll pay a tithe on 20 million. We don't we don't even pay tithes on 20 dollars. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But we can be real in other ways, too. We want to believe God for our uh, chastity or, or, or for our virginistic status, so to speak. And we want to keep ourselves. You say, Lord, as soon as I get married, I'm going to be faithful. But you're running around like a dog in heat. Praise Jesus. But it is right. Let's believe God from where we are at this very moment. And let's be honest with the Lord. Lord, I got this craving. Lord, I got this itching. Lord, and, and I, I feel like I want to satisfy my desires with fleshly things, either with pornography or with, some, with someone else or something else, with a drug, with a, with a drink, whatever it is. Lord, I have this hole in me and I want to satisfy with this, with him, with her, with it. Instead of trying to satisfy with him, with her, with it, with that, let's turn to the Lord. Because him, her, it, and that can get you and will get you and have gotten you in trouble. Romans 1, let me read this. I'm reading this to you out of the New Living Translation. Romans 1 verse 18. It says, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That is, they know what is true, but they suppress it. They hold it down. They hold it down. I was watching a, a, a show one time, and, and I don't remember what it was, but the comedian was uh, up front, and he was telling the jokes and everything, and, and there was a uh, boyfriend and a girlfriend out in the uh, audience seating area, and the comedian was saying something like, you know, uh, ladies, you can't trust your man. 
You can't trust him. He come in late and, and, uh, he smelled like perfume and this and that. And, you know, and he say that he just brushed up against somebody. You can't trust him. And the man was looking at the woman, uh, uh, baby, them, them just jokes. They, they just jokes. <laughs> he just telling jokes. He, you know, don't, don't believe it. He just telling jokes. The man knew it was true because he had been slipping out on his girlfriend there. He knew it was true, but he, so he held the truth and just tried to suppress it. Don't believe it. Don't worry about that. That's not us. That's for them over there. We don't have to believe that. That's for them. He's not talking about us. You have truth, but suppress it. God said his people here, he said, uh, let me read it again, but God's but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They hold it down. No, that's not what God said. No, no, don't listen. Don't go to church. Don't read your Bible. No, hold it down. Be quiet. It's too loud. I don't want them to know the truth. Verse 19 says, they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For since the world was created, uh, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see the invisible qualities, the rather his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. The atheist says, well, there's no God out there. Or the agnostic, there's the agnostic. I know there's a God, but I don't know what he is. And so I'm not accountable to him. I'm not, you know, the, the leaves are God. The trees are God, you know, new age. Everybody's a God. I'm a God. You're a God. Let's have a God party. And let's be accountable to each other. Hey, how about that? Let's not be accountable to nobody. Let's just eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die and go away to nothingness. Are you hearing but God said, I've shown you my qualities. You see my sky. You see my marvelous work. You know that there is someone up here who's watching over you. Verse 21 says, yes, they knew God, but they worshiped, but rather, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and uh, confused claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools and instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles they knew God but they still refused to worship him here again all until we get to the point where we can fully submit to the Lord and and we're closing until we get to the point where we can fully submit to the Lord in all areas of our lives, there's still room at the altar. Are you, is that making sense to you? The Lord wants all of us. Now, if there are different areas in our lives where we are uh, trying to save ourselves, because when you're trying to save yourself, you are in essence saying, God, I hear you. But not right now. I'm going to keep this area for myself. Whether it is uh, uh, relationally, whether it's financially, or, or I don't know, whether, whether it is um, some type of uh, feeling in the flesh. 
Because we believe Jesus is Lord. That's great. That's wonderful. But do you also believe that he will save you and heal you in all these other areas of your lives? What areas of your life are you telling God, I hear you, but not right now? Is it with the living girlfriend, the living boyfriend? Is it, is it with your friends with benefits? What areas are you telling God, Lord, I hear you, but not right now? What areas are we hearing the truth, but we're suppressing it? I know it's quiet, but that's good. That's good. Because our goal is to be like Christ, totally submitted to God. Totally submitted to God. And to do that, we're going to need him. We're going to have to come before the Lord and be completely honest. Lord, it's me. Your word has found me. Lord, I want to believe you for this. I want to believe that you would take care of my needs, my physical needs, my emotional needs, my mental needs. Lord, I believe I want I want to believe you. You see, that's where believing starts when you want to believe. You say, Lord, I just can't see it. I just can't see how me doing this is going to create that sort of result. I can't see it. It's easy for me just to call up old so-and-so and say, hey, baby, it's me. I know you're tired. <laughs> Why you say that? Because you've been running through my mind all day. Yeah, baby. You understand what we're saying. <laughs> I don't want some of you sisters to sin, so I'll stop right there. I know that voice may have been too much. My lines. Yes, pray for me, brother. Pray for me. But understand what we're saying now, what we're saying as we're, as we're closing here. Our goal is to be like Christ. Jesus always did those things that pleased the Father. And we're going to have to just simply get honest with God. Just stop running and just get honest with him. Lord, I believe you over here, but over here I, I got some problems. I still feel like I want to take some matters into my own hands and do my own things. Lord, I just don't understand that. Just be honest and declare, Lord, I want to believe you. I want. Remember, Thomas said, I refuse. I will not. But we have the power through Christ to say, I will believe. Lord, I want to believe. I have a desire to believe. I have a desire to do your whole word. I have a desire, but Lord, I got a burning. Lord, I got a yearning. Lord, help me. And in doing that, you'll find the invisible becoming very visible in your life. You, you find that, that what you could not touch comes and actually touches you and helps you because the Lord wants you to be all of his. But we have to make the decision. Now, the enemy is going to try his best. That devil is going to try his best to keep you back. He wants to try his best to continue to keep you on his credit plan. Because the devil will try to meet your needs, emotional needs, physical needs, all these other needs. He'll try his best to meet your needs by using his credit. He says, I'll give it to you now, but you're going to have to pay later. And many of us have been paying on old stuff for years. 
That's the enemy's credit plan. God says, well, I will freely give it to you. You just got to come to me. He'll freely give it to you. We just got to make the choice. When the need comes up, when we get the feeling, the urge, the urge either to be depressed or the urge either to be angry and just go off on somebody or the, or the urge to satisfy some um, uh, sexual desire or the urge to satisfy uh, some sort of desire for uh, drugs or what have you. We have to decide at that point, am I going to swipe that Satan's card and buy this? You swipe it by your lips when you make the phone call, when you make that decision. Am I going to swipe it and get what I want now and have hell to pay later? Or am I going to go to God and say, God, look, I got a problem. Look, I got this. I need your help. Comfort me. I desire to seek after you and I want to believe that you will help me in this thing. Because until we come to that realization and really just face that thing, until you come to grips and come at that thing and say, no, you will not rule my life, it will continue to rule you. Until you face it and confront it, it will rule you. And some of us are too old. Are too old to keep going through the same old mess all the time. Too old. The same old things. Somebody look at you all crazy and then you and then you go crazy. You were having a fine day, a nice day. Let's say even in school, you're having a good time in the homeroom, first block or second block until somebody said this. And then it blew up your whole day because of what one person said. I don't like the way you look. And it just blew up the whole day. The enemy knows exactly how to, how to get you going. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He knows exactly how to push that button. I don't like the way you look. I don't like your hair. I don't like your glasses. I don't like your car. I don't like your book bag. You think you smart. I was raising your hand in class. Who you think you are? And here you are, you having a fine day until you gave that person control over you. You willingly gave them the control. You gave them permission to change your mood. And now what was fine, it had been fine, but you allowed that information to come in, their nasty attitude to come in and destroy your peace. We've got to confront this thing. Why am I angry about this? Why would I care if she doesn't like my skirt? Why would I care if she doesn't like my hair? Why would I care of your opinion when God loves me and accepts me? Why would I care? Let's confront these issues. Because I'm telling you, we cannot go through life having these clouds over us. Because some of you came to church today ashamed and guilt ridden about stuff you did last night about stuff you did last week and we've allowed that stuff to rule us and control us how much longer will you allow it to rule over you when will you see when will you unsee and understand that that little rope there's a story and we're gonna close with this lord 
There's an elephant, baby elephant, you know. Some of you know this. They train baby elephants by taking a rope and tying it uh, around their neck and putting a stake in the ground. And that little baby elephant tries and tries and tries and tries to pull away, but it can't. And the elephant grows, grows, and it's so big now it can push over a car, push down the house. But when they put that rope around his neck, it won't even try. Because it's still bound in its thinking. It still thinks that it can't do this. Well, all I'm telling you today is that you're a full-grown elephant now. Somebody understand what I'm talking about. You've changed. And these same old habits and hang-ups we had, you're now strong enough through Christ to break the control over it. But some of you still refuse to believe. Let's take that thing to Christ. And let's be free. Free from that worry, free from that anxiety, free from the pain of the past, because you can be if you choose it. I pray you've heard the word of God today. In Jesus' name, we are done. Lord, we give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you. And he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts. Because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So... Would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.